to the 52 Week Podcast, where three friends grapple with the ups and downs of goal setting and achievement. Coming at you for another week. Hello, my name's Steph, and I'm the wannabe runner. I'm Meredith, the ginger. And I'm Kelly. I'm just along for the ride. Hello, everybody. This is Meredith McBride. I am hosting today the special podcast. Um, I'm here with Steph Scholl. Steph, do you want to kind of explain why I'm hosting today <laughs> rather than you? Yeah, so Meredith's a good sport. So we just did an interview with her that you'll listen to in two episodes. Right before she came, I was trying to do this little podcast explaining like why I haven't really been podcasting for a little bit. It's been the last episode that was posted was in December. It's now July. And then I just got so sick of like, you know, when you're just by yourself talking (laughs) and you just sound like a robot and it just wasn't working out. So, so we were talking about it. I was like, Meredith, would you stay? Can we do another episode? And I have to tell you, it is my pleasure to be the host (laughs) on this amazing podcast. So, (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to our conversation. I'm giving up all control, so... (laughs) I feel like a radio DJ and, like, welcome! Yeah, you can do whatever. (laughs) So, do you want to tell us why you haven't been podcasting since, since, like you said, December? It's been a little while. We've missed you. Yeah, well... (laughs) Thanks, Meredith. Um, So... Yeah, it's just been on the back burner. Like, I've recorded episodes, but it's been really hard for me to edit. And I've even recorded, like, this little intro episode a couple times. But it's hard opening up and being vulnerable. And we talked Mm -hmm. about this in your episode that we just had. Like, it's really hard to open up about things. But so I have been struggling with it. I've struggled with the eating disorder throughout my life, but it really got bad last fall. Wintertime, I just shut down. Like, absolutely, like, was just bare basics getting through life. And so so I the the real reason, especially for notable peeps, it's really hard to interview people that are notable mm-hmm. when you're not feeling very notable yourself. And so um that's the real reason. Gotcha. So that happened in the fall and how are how are things going now? Um so it's still a struggle. Like it's I, it's one of those things that I just wish there was a quick fix. Like, I just wish that, mm-hmm. like, I've been struggling with this for such a long time. And it's like, the fall I hit rock bottom. Like, I was isolating myself. And one day I woke up and I had wrappers all. I was, like, sleeping in all these wrappers, like, on the couch. And oh I was like, God. okay, I have a problem. Like, this is, like, out of a movie of, like, Fat Camp, you know, like, <laughs> the kids. I was like, this is serious. Because the eating disorder that I struggle with, it's binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And forever, I just thought I was an overeater. I just thought, oh, I... I overeat a little bit more than my friends. But then over the years, I realized, no, that's actually like what I have is actually an eating disorder. And it's hard because I feel like with anorexia and bulimia, oftentimes um, people that struggle with that are underweight or they're they're very thin where with this I've gained quite a little bit of weight. So to I feel like it's been hard for me to even tell people that I'm struggling with eating disorder because I already feel like a little bit judged, Mm -hmm. which is so dumb that it's like, oh, I don't look the part of an eating disorder. It's something that you can fall into just because life is hard or and not even realize it until you're in the middle of it. 
like, like you did one day woke up and like, okay, problem. What are we going to do about it? And so I don't know how personal do you want me to get on the questions? You can get. Cause personal. I get very personal. Yeah, no, you can own. get personal. So what did you do after that moment? So like after that moment, so let me back up a little bit. The, the thing that really triggered it. So in my life, like I've, I've struggled with this. Um, since I was a teenager, but I would have moments where I would be distracted and I, I would think, oh, I've overcome this. Like life is good. I'm not binging. Um, and then there's moments of where it's like out of control. Mm-hmm. And so the last big moment in my life that I felt that out of control feeling was when I was in Alaska during my 30 life crisis, but I was on this island. I called out for therapy and I couldn't really get therapy out there yeah <laughs> like it, the this um the service was terrible and the wi-fi was terrible so anyways am, am i sharing too much to go back no okay so like the the real thing that like that started this i was dating this guy and i was so stoked about him like i you know i feel like I have a personality that I mesh well with a lot of guys and I, there's a lot of men that I enjoy their company and that I have fun with. But this guy, right from the beginning of our first date, it was so great and we had a blast together. And anyways, um, he ended up just dropping me and it was so hard to have him be like so gung ho pursuing me with like the cutest things that would be out of a movie of pursuing <laughs> to just him shutting down and dropping me I felt like it was something that I had done and so after that I just spiraled and I tried to find my worth from other guys in dating and that spiraled me more and I tried to find my worth in just different avenues and and then I started binging a ton and which caused me to start gaining weight and then I start hating my body and then I start to it it just was like one big cycle and so the big moment was when I had woken up with all these rappers around me like I said from that scene at fat camp and the <laughs> Disney class or heavyweights heavyweights yes, yes. Disney's classic. I remember um, talking to my friend Jill and being like, I have a problem. Like, I need to get help. And so I got on a waiting list to um, see a counselor at the Center for Change. And that was really hard to admit that this wasn't just overeating, that this wasn't just having a little bit too much, but that like, I mean, I don't even want to, like, whenever I tell people, like, describe what a binge is, they're, like, in shock of how much food is consumed. And it's, like, this high, this high of being absolutely out of control and just consuming this large amount of food um, super fast. Kudos to you for realizing it and reaching out for help because I think that's something that uh, whatever our trial is, is probably one of the hardest steps to take at first. Um, and to have a friend that's close be able to help you. And I wish I could have been there for you, you know? <laughs> um, so how, like, what kind of things did you learn? Was it therapy that you went to? Uh, what kind of things did you learn during your treatment or therapy that really helped get that back together? Meredith, you're so good with your questions. <laughs> Wait a week, girl. Um, so yeah, so I had to wait for a little bit 
for a spot to open up at the Center for Change. And so that sucked, like just mm-hmm. waiting um, for that spot. And so I didn't th- start t- therapy until January. And this was like probably late September, early October. And so I just had these few months where I was trying to like, I've been reading intuitive eating before. I was trying to intuitively eat and trying to love myself, but it just was so hard. And so in therapy, they, um, they, it's been really interesting because it's re- completely removed like guilt and shame from food. Uh-huh. Like I've been going to a dietitian too. And so for my meal plan, they're like, okay, you need like a main and two sides. I'm like, well, what's a main? And they're like, it could be a hot dog for the main and then a thing of fries for one side and a drink for another. And I'm like, that's a meal, you know, like, uh-huh. so they're just teaching or like adding fruit or whatever. They're just teaching to like, that there's not like good or bad food out there. And I think that, um, it's really hard in our culture where there's everyone has their opinion about food. I feel like food, mm-hmm. religion and politics are two of the big <laughs> or three of the big like topics where you don't, you know, usually think of like food in there, but like, people with their diets and stuff, people get very defensive Mm -hmm. because it's a very personal thing. And so it's been hard because I've um, been trying, well, my therapist at first told me, she said, you don't know, because I was like, I'm trying intuitive eating. I don't understand. I still want to eat everything. She's like, you, your body is so messed up. It doesn't understand hunger cues. She's Mm -hmm. like, so you need to eat every three hours um, or two hours or whatever to like, get it back on track. And so just different things that I've been learning there. But I think the coolest thing, and I could go on forever. Oh, we've been already recording for a while. So (laughs) keep going on forever. I'll I'll try to. But the coolest thing is um, my therapist gave me this book and it's called like the self-esteem workbook um, to read. And in it, it talked about how amazing our body was and at first she was like okay so I want you to write a letter to your body I'm like what would I write like dear legs thanks for moving me around like that's literally all that I could think of I'm like if it's not with my personality or whatever like and it's just to my body what am I gonna write and this um article went into detail about how amazing our bodies are and how our heart is this awesome thing that like pumps this all this blood that like it, the, the, um, what's the word for it? Like the speed that the blood's coming in the heart, like would cut through like concrete and still. Wow. But then like the, the wall of it is like so delicate and fine. Anyways, I'm paraphrasing, but right. of, but talking about it like went through every little detail about our eyes, how it's the best, like better than any camera lens, our brain, how it's smarter than any computer. And so as I read through all this, I'm like, why isn't this talked about? Like our bodies are so amazing. And I sent out this email to like my sister-in-laws and some of my friends just being like our flippant amazing bodies. Like mm-hmm. they're so rad. And and how oftentimes we look at the outward appearance and it's like, oh, I wish that I looked this way or this way. But it's like, no, we have these incredible bodies that we're able to breathe, that we're able to like – just have all these cool experiences with our bodies. Mm-hmm. So 
So that changed my experience. And I feel like I have to read that article like every week, which I don't. And then I forget how cool it is. Um, but what was your original question? Sorry, I've been going on a tangent. I'm not a very good. Oh, no, you're person. great. I loved it. <laughs> um, the question was like, what kind of things or yeah, what things did you, what principles maybe you were taught during therapy that kind of helped you come out of it? And that's a big one. Respecting our bodies is huge, whether it's a religious aspect or an eating or physical. When you respect your body, I think a whole different perspective starts to happen and you want to treat it better. You want to give it food becomes fuel rather than a luxury. You know what I mean? And so um I just think that's really cool, that perspective of, and that you shared it with so many people, that our bodies, I didn't know that about blood, that it could cut through. I'm going to give the exact quote underneath yeah, this because I'm sure that I'm messing it up. But, but still the amazingness of this gift we've been given. And I agree with you just to take it back and then we can circle around. Um, I also strongly agree with you how confusing nutrition can be. It always has been like, you can read, you can do your research and bananas are the worst thing that you could ever eat. And then you'll read another article or, and they're the best thing and you should have one every single day. And so I do think in our culture, I agree with you how confusing it is to eat healthy when we have so many conflicting opinions. And really you have to decide for yourself what your rules are going to be and not what the media tells you mm -hmm. or the internet tells you or this article. You have to choose what's going to be healthy for you because it, I agree. I just, pure confusion when it comes to nutrition. Yeah. And that's the thing that's hard too, is because I mean, I feel like all the time I hear people that's like, oh, this isn't on my diet or I'm being bad. And like, it's hard because you're like, what have you learned in therapy? I'm still in therapy. I'm not recovered from this. And it's mm -hmm. hard to talk about stuff when you're still in the middle of it. Like okay. it would be easy at the end to be like, oh yeah, this is what I learned. No, very much so. If you looked at me and saw me from a couple months ago to now, like there's an obvious difference that I've been struggling in my life because it's been such a big, a large amount of weight gain in a short amount of time. And so, um, so like that sucks and that's hard, but I think that the, it's cool because I'm seeing like this breakthrough of, um, that food doesn't hold, it used to hold this excitement and this joy and it was forbidden and it was uh -huh. and so now that they've like taken everything off the table like sometimes it's really boring to eat at 10 a.m where i'm <laughs> not really wanting something and it's not like and that's the crazy thing like they have you meal plan it out and i'm like so i can put in reese's like i've never done that before of like thinking beforehand what I would eat and it's a quote unquote forbidden food. Uh -huh. And so it's just bizarre because it takes away that guilt. And so what I'm struggling with right now is that I, and I'm sort of like, why am I talking about this? Like oh, it's no. 19 minutes in and I'm like, oh, I'm probably sharing too I, much. But I think you, I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to it. Whether we've had an eating disorder or we're just chubby or even skinny, like 
I think food is an issue for all of us. And so probably more than you think, we all relate to this story. So keep rambling. <laughs> Tell us your whole story because it's going to help. Okay, if you give me permission, Mary. I do. I'm um, encouraging it. <laughs> no, but like the thing that I'm like struggling with right now is I'm doing old habits but I don't really want it. Like, so, mm -hmm. so I sort of miss the joy and the excitement that came from like going and getting milkshake and fries. Well, now I get it and I don't feel this guilt, but it's like, I still want to get these things mm -hmm. because it's habit. And so I'm still overeating, um, above what I should. And I don't even want to say should, like what I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, it's like, what's part of your meal plan? Yeah. And I think that what it comes down to is I just don't want to try to really mm. try. And so, because that's hard. Yes. And we kind of talked about this in my episode that like, sometimes we avoid trying because one, we are afraid to fail. Or two, it's kind of comfortable where we are. Do you feel like you fall into either one of those? Oh, I think that um, definitely I'm comfortable right now because um, I, I, I feel like weight is also a shield of protection because I – like I have this mantra that I'm trying to change in my mind and like how I, um, on your episode, I talked about a friend that was telling herself a lie. Like mm -hmm. I've been telling myself the, this lie that no man wants a fat girl. Well, I've seen that like, that is a very false statement. And I've seen that like, regardless if you're like a man or you're a woman, oftentimes you're looking for the full package and that's not someone that necessarily has a six pack and, you know, like is Prince Charming, but we're looking for people that are, are trying in their life, yes. physically, spiritually, socially. And, um, and so I'm not trying. And I went to a campfire a couple weeks ago and I saw these girls that I hadn't seen for a while and they're like, Oh, are you still podcasting? And I'm like, Oh, it's on the back burner. And they're like, Oh, wasn't your like Instagram consistent runner girl? Are you still running? Oh, it's on the back burner. And I was like, everything in my life right now is I'm not trying uh -huh. at anything. And so um I actually like I had to experience this is gonna be another ramble. Ramble away. <laughs> so on Sunday I had this experience. I was at my like nephew's birthday party and I have never had like heartburn before and I have heartburn all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm so fatigued, like, and, um, and I just like, just felt so uncomfortable and all my clothes, like I even bought new clothes and they're still not fitting, you know? So it's just like not feeling comfortable all the time. And so, um, I left that and I just like, I just was feeling crummy. And so I was like, okay, let's go for a run. And, I, um, like that run was really hard and I was out of breath and mm -hmm. it was only one mile, but I was running in the cemetery and I had talked to my cousin, um, my cousin Megan a couple of days before and she had talked about how, you know, sometimes we look at our bodies and we like critique them, but 
to people that have like passed away or they had cancer or whatever, what they would give to have someone's imperfect body, you know, to be here with your, with their, their family. And, um, and so I was just thinking about like, I was here in the cemetery with all these people who have passed on and, um, and I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and something that we believe is that our, our spirits and our bodies are going to be resurrected one day. And that like here on earth, like we fought to come to earth to have this experience of a body, this natural man body with its appetites and urges and like, and it's hard having our bodies, you know, but I was thinking about how like, I don't want to have this test of life end early because I didn't take care of my body and I had a heart attack or diabetes. And I don't want to, um, to not try to, to have my body and my spirit be in harmony in my body. And so I don't know. So I was thinking about that and I just sat down on this bench and, um, I'm like, I'm going to have to edit myself rambling. (laughs) I sat down on this bench and I just prayed to Heavenly Father and I was like, and, I, and that's the other thing. I've been distanced from God because it's like, I just feel like I keep on saying I want to do stuff and then I don't follow through. Mm-hmm. And so I just told him, I said, hey, there's some things that I want to do to change and some promises I want to make to you. And and I was like, but I don't know what they are yet, but I want it to be realistic. And And I know that before with God that like when I've gone to him and been like, okay, I have this goal, please help me that that he has. And when I am making that goal with him, it like makes me want to keep it because it's Mm -hmm. not just me, you know, it's me and the Lord. And so anyways, I've been thinking about this week and I just prayed about it. I was like, okay, here's what I want to do. And it feels good to be trying again and to be like, you know what? I had this crazy impossible goal to go after Boston. I am so out of shape right now and I can barely one, run one mile. And I don't even want to say on this podcast that I want to go after that goal because what if I fail? But no, like I want to go after that goal. Like I want to and it will take forever. But it's like I want to get myself back in good shape, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um podcasting. Like I am so close to with these three podcasts being at a hundred episodes. Oh wow. I want to get there. Yeah. You know, like I want to do that. And so I just was thinking about how why have I been like living on the back burner? And I feel like lately in life I've been so before, like I had isolated myself and I wasn't around people. And now I'm the opposite where this summer has been epic. Like I've had so much fun and made such great friendships. And we talk about this in Meredith's mm-hmm. episode. Like there's just, this has been such an amazing summer, but I've used that as a distraction mm. for me really trying. And so I can have both. But I'm just like, I'm going to try. And it feels good to be. But but I look at like the notable peeps, peeps mantra. I realize that like I've taken God out of it. Because um, it's like put on your shoes, do your best and believe in the impossible. But like the thing that's going to help me to go after these goals is to believe that with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. I feel like now you're working your uh, spiritual muscles. That for a while... That was on the back burner along with other things, but working those spiritual muscles 
is going to make a big difference. You know, we talked about, um, Steph likes to call social muscles and just different aspects of your life. And I think this one's definitely your spiritual muscles or however you want to call it. No, exactly. And that's mm-hmm. one of my promises that I made that, that I was going to wake up 10 minutes early and spend time with God with prayer and scripture study and 10 minutes to people that are scholars of the scriptures. They're probably like, that's not very much, but like to me, the, I, to be honest, like I'm, my spiritual life is lagging. Like that mm-hmm. 10 minutes is a big sacrifice. That sounds dumb that it's a big sacrifice, but like. Oh no, I think more, I get it. Cause 10 minutes earlier in the morning means that much less sleep or you need to go to bed that much yeah. earlier. And it really does, it will make a huge difference. But the then, sacrifice will be felt in the spiritual. And I think that aspect. sometimes I feel like I have to do these grand things. Like mm-hmm. it should be like a half an hour or 45 minutes, but I'm just trying to be realistic. Yeah. And realistically, like I can get up 10 minutes earlier every day and make that a priority. And I love your confidence that comes because I agree with you. There is this, there's an extra power when you promise God something like there's you it's different than promising your mom or dad or best friend because God's really going to be there holding you accountable for that. But also we know that we're not going to make a promise unless we're serious about it mm-hmm. or our heart is in the right place. And that alone will bring a lot of motivation. But I think that's super cool of you to like really think about what you want and um, present that before the Lord, you know. Yeah, and I i mean, it's scary to even say this on here because it's like, well, what if I try again and I fail and I just put it out here to mm-hmm. the people that are listening to Notable Peeps, which, let's be honest, probably isn't that many people, so it's not that you big a surprise. <laughs> but, um, but, like, it's scary. And then, like, I don't know. It just, but at the same time, I'm like, I am so done with not trying because mm-hmm. when you aren't trying, it's like you aren't living, you know? It's true. It is so true. Um, is this a goal that you want to do with people or are you going to be doing it on your own? Do you want people to run with and? Yeah, no, I, um, so my time in life that I was like one of the best runners is I had a Monday, Wednesday person and a Tuesday, Thursday person. Oh, I love that. And then like Saturday, <laughs> some of my people combined and like Friday with someone. And so, um, so I love having people to run with. So okay. yes, come run with me. Let's do it. Um, I'm, I'm probably at the same level you are. Remember, I, ran in high school and made excuses to get out of it. So I'm starting for basic, but I'll run with you. Well, and that's the thing is, so, okay, I'm going to tell you one of my goals. Okay. And it's to get 15,000 steps a day. Wow. Yeah. So that might seem like lofty, but, um, but I, I feel like it's very doable, especially with going on a walk at lunch and like, uh-huh. and if you're running every day, yeah, or- and if I'm running and, and I feel like that's also, it's not like I'm, I'm not a runner right now. I'm mm-hmm. so I can start out walking, you know, exactly. and I don't have a timeline on this. I don't have, but I just, I want to right now. My baby steps is just consistently exercising every day, which I haven't yeah. been, which will bring like, 
joy to all aspects of your life. Just mm-hmm. give you, cause you were mentioning that you felt tired and yeah. just don't feel good. It's going to fix those things immediately. So you'll see immediate results, but over the long term, I think it could help a lot, you know, mm-hmm. in other aspects and other goals that you have. And since I only have one more goal, I'm going to just share it. Mine as well. Because <laughs> um, it will help me be accountable. So I I am telling these goals now to God and the listeners of yes. Noble Peep. Peeps, not peep. Um, but the other thing is, so uh, when I read Chip and Joanna Gaines, their book, do you know them from Fixer Upper? Uh-huh. The cute couple. So they had talked about the first six months of their marriage, they were given the advice to not have a TV in their house. Have you heard this? I haven't. Okay, so, and they didn't have one for the first six months, and then they realized they didn't miss it. And so they, I don't know if they still don't have a TV, but um, for years they didn't have a TV. And they attribute, like, being able to do all these businesses to the fact that they didn't have a TV in their house. And right now I have a lot of, like, side projects that I want to get up and going. I have this side business called Reminis Audio that... Hmm. I've had everything ready to go. In December, I had, like, my first paying client for it. But I just, once again, it was on the back burner. And so um, there's all these things these things that I want to do. But oftentimes, I give up. And what do I do? I go and I watch yep. TV. And so I just made a commitment that for four months, I'm not going to watch TV. No, like I'm going to an outdoor movie concert next weekend. It's like E.T. with the Utah Symphony, you know? Oh, cool. And so like stuff like that, um, that's outdoor with people, that's fine. But like me by myself at home, no, I'm like giving up mm-hmm. on TV at home because I just think that that's, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that, um, when they stop watching TV and using that as their crutch, that that's when like awesome things happen in their life. Oh, it's very much a crutch. It's very much a distraction in life in general. I find myself in it too, where I'll come home and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to eat dinner and I'm just going to sit here and watch one episode of Friends or something. And three hours later, I'm still watching television yeah. and I didn't get any of the projects done. I can only imagine how much time. And I actually may join you on that one. Um, next month, I'm moving into my own apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I won't have any roommates and I feel like I'm growing up, but this is a perfect opportunity for me to also not have a TV and kind of spend my time doing better things to enhance life. Yeah. So maybe I'll join you on. And I feel like they're realistic and measurable. Like I feel, mm-hmm. I feel good about it and that it's not like overreaching. Yeah. Do you have a date that you're going to run the Boston Marathon or? Oh no. That, like that's a okay. still way far distant. Yeah. Right now we're just working on the running. <laughs> so walking in the yeah, steps. Like, that might be when I'm 85, you yeah. know? <laughs> and then the, the qualifying time's like way down. <laughs> no, I don't know. And, and really my goal has always just been to qualify. I don't know why it hasn't been to actually run Boston, but I think because like, Partly in my mind, you know, one day, like, I want to be married and have kids, and you never know what can happen in life, Mm because, like, you qualify one year, and then you run it the next, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, And I just want to ask, I'm a huge advocate, so I'm going to change subjects just a little bit. I am a huge therapy advocate, Um, and 
I just want to know what your opinion of therapy has been. Because um, in my episode, next episode, I kind of talk about how I had this little breakdown. Something in life didn't go as I wanted it to. And I just kind of moved on from it. I didn't really allow myself to feel those feelings. And so I kind of broke down. And then one of my roommates, who ironically was not in therapy, but she asked me, have I, she said, have you ever thought about it? And, um, I hadn't. And so as soon, I had the office I had had a therapy office like two doors down. Mm-hmm. And so I just one day during lunch walked down and made an appointment. And, um, I think it's changed my life for the better. Um, because you mentioned in your story a little bit earlier how, um, like a couple months ago, how you look so much different. And I, part of that could be therapy or what do you feel about? What's your opinion on that? Oh, I feel like I look so much different that I've like gained a lot of weight. So maybe not the but <laughs> I, you did say that. But in my mind, I was thinking it was more of like, look at where you've come to in confidence or dealing with problems and handling life. Do you feel like therapy has helped with that too? Yeah, I definitely do. I feel like, um, so I'm, I've always been a very reflective person and sometimes I reflect a little too much on things that I can change. But I think the thing with therapy is, um, my therapist is very blunt. Shout out to you, Tori. And so sometimes she says stuff that I really, don't like to hear. Um, <laughs> but it's nice to have that honesty. And I think uh-huh. if it was coming from a friend or family member, I could easily get def- like offended. But like anytime I go, she just has some like profound thing that and to her, it's probably not even profound. And really, probably people in my life have tried to tell me that, but maybe I'm too stubborn that I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I think that it's great of just being able to, and, and more than anything, like the last time I went, um, I was having a really down day and she was like, it's okay. Just acknowledge that like mm-hmm. today you're down. And, and I was like, I'm just trying so hard to love my body. And she's like, she like, just acknowledge that you're not there and that you're like feeling indifferent and that's okay. You know, and just mm-hmm. to be, not have to be like, Oh, I'm so happy about this mm-hmm. or I'm so sad about it. You can just be neutral. Yeah. And I had never thought of that before of neutral is a good place too. Yeah. I think that you said this too, that I agree when I tell people go to therapy, whether you have an issue or not, um, still go to therapy because hearing it from somebody that isn't in like my mother or my friend it carries a different weight. Like it seems more real and it seems more acceptable almost, even if it comes hard at first that I'm able to make changes that I wouldn't have if a friend told me the same thing. Um, but also one of the greatest things I've learned and you kind of said this and maybe I'm translating it wrong, but one of the things I've learned from therapy is just that my feelings are valid and that on the days that you're, don't love your body, your feelings are valid. Mm-hmm. But then we, we accept that. Or like I said, when I had a disappointing, pointing time and the breakdown, I didn't allow myself to just be sad over the thing that I didn't get. 
And then once I was that way, I could move on. But I didn't learn that until therapy because I think there's so much pressure in life being like, no, you need to be perfect. You need to look this way. You need to talk this way. You need to be this kind of funny or you're not accepted or, and so just accepting our feelings and how to do that. I'm a huge advocate. No, it's great (laughs) to just be able to own the feelings in the moment. Yes. Yes. So yeah. Meredith, I really like was only expecting this to go for 10 minutes. So (laughs) sorry, it's gone for 40. You are good. I like your story. I mean, it's, you don't like your story, I'm sure. It's not fun. No, but, like, that's the thing is, like, I know that I'm going to be at a point. Like, so my friend Leash always used to say, like, she's going to grad school. And she's like, 21-year-old Leash does not like me right now for going to grad school. But she's like, 27-year-old Leash is going to love me. Yeah. You know, and and dealing with this right now, like, 33-year-old Steph, like, this sort of sucks because I'm like, Uh I'm – I'm not just like hiding the issue, but I'm like plowing through it. And Which is hard. Working through all these issues that I've like suppressed for years. But like 35 year old, 36 year old stuff is going to be like, thank you, younger. Mm-hmm. So the reason that I wanted to be honest right now mm-hmm. is because oftentimes, like I said, you hear people's story when it's at the end. Mm-hmm. But I would love for people to hear my story now and to see the progress with me. Yeah. And and so if you're listening and you're going through the same thing or you want to run or like I need a support unit. And that was actually I forgot to tell this like back last fall. Um like when I was really struggling, I was struggling in all aspects of my life. Like spiritually, I was just at a like point where I just was like why is it even worth it to go to church, you know, and like just everything. And, um, and I reached out to my ministering sisters, which in the church, everyone's assigned like people that you're sort of there to like fellowship and look after. And I didn't really know this group of girls. And we had like a little group text. We had like met once or twice before. And I just messaged them and said, Hey, I'm struggling. Like, as my ministering sisters, you guys are like that safety net. Like, and, and I need invites to things. Like, I'm very isolated right now. This is hard. You guys probably are thinking I'm like so needy and weird that I'm like reaching (laughs) out. And really, as I think of this right now, like one of my dearest friends, um, I mean, all these girls became dear friends, but my, my dear friend Kirsten, like, Kirsten, I sort of forget that you, we were ministering sisters and that's really what got us like super tight because you reached out to me to do all these things. And so, um, and same with, with Emily and same with Rachel and, um, Jocelyn, but I just, um, I think that reaching out and that's really what I guess I'm doing right now is saying like, yeah, I'm in the middle of this, but if any of you are in the middle of it and if you want to like, team up and (laughs) Mm -hmm. be friends like that's all that I really want so because really we're all in this together high school musical all in this together (laughs) yeah (laughs) I love it so you always ask this question and I may not word it the same way and maybe you've talked about it and this is your impossible but what's something in your life that you have overcome or that 
is that you thought was impossible? Oh, Meredith, I actually am so happy that you just asked this question. <laughs> and I didn't give you this question as a prompt. You took it But, um, <laughs> no, like this is actually what spearheaded me of like when I was talking about how I went to the cemetery and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is what spearheaded me. So, um, I don't know if you guys have listened to the episode where I talk about Mr. Sweet Talker. Not like one of my proudest moments in life, but, um, if you haven't listened, you can go back and listen, but maybe don't. I'll just <laughs> paraphrase it. Um, but I was dating this guy. I thought we were going to get married. We got financially involved. And then he racked up all this debt in my name. And I had never been so hurt. I would never been so angry. And I remember like, so anyone that would talk to me at this time and be like just a normal small talk question, how are you doing? I'd be like, oh, and I would like go into my whole spiel because oftentimes with me, like I am not very good at the small talk. I'll over talk. Um, and so, so anyways, but I remember I was at church one day and that I was like, okay, we are done throwing a pity party. Like you can choose to be happy. So you can throw a pity party. There was a mingle after church. You can throw a pity party all through that mingle. But when you leave like the building today, like you are leaving and you're going to choose to be happy. And so like, sure enough at the mingle, like people came up to me and I, <laughs> I'm sorry to you that I shared my whole sob story with where you just were asking a nice question of how are you doing? But I walked out those doors and I remember like this was a very defining moment in my life where I was like, I am choosing happiness. Now, were there times after that that I cried? Yes. My friend Jill got on Voxer, me crying to her all the time when I had to miss out. Like if there were so many fun things that I couldn't go to because I was working two jobs and it sucked and it was hard and, and I was missing out and it wasn't my debt. And, but that was my choice to be happy. And so I feel like. Me going to the Lord and being like, okay, these are the things that I'm doing to try to get my life to where I want to be. I feel like it's that same thing of, okay, I'm choosing, I'm choosing to go for it. And I'm choosing to go for it with a business. I'm choosing to go for it with running. I'm choosing to go for it in all aspects of my life, being social, everything. And if I fail, Oh, well, at least I tried. I would rather be known as someone that tried. No, I think that's cool. Those are hard moments to overcome. So, and and that really, like, in that moment, it seems so hard to change my attitude and to not be a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember, like, there was this quote that said that all things in life that are unfair maybe can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And And that's the thing is, like, I, I've like dabbled in like using the atonement with this eating disorder, but like, I think sometimes we think like, use the atonement and it's like, it seems so big. But honestly, I feel like for me, the times that the atonement works in my life, it shows me of who I can become and it erases sort of that, that doubt. And that's what I feel like the power of the atonement is to see myself more clearly. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. It's, it's, I think that's the more real aspect of the atonement because, you know, we often think, Oh, it will get rid of our sins. It will, you know, forgive us of the mistakes we've made, but you've seen it in the, in the aspect of it'll heal us 
emotionally and mentally and help the life we were given move forward. Mm -hmm. And that's really what he wants for us is to make it to the end with him. And that's what the atonement's for. Yeah. And, um, I, so like I was reading in Alma this last week, 32, and it talks about, it says like, and I've shared this with like everyone because I've thought it was so cool, but it (laughs) says like awake and arouse your faculties, even if you desire to believe, right? Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I looked up and, um, you know, I was thinking about like how, how to actually apply the atonement, you know, like push that button to make Mm -hmm. it work. And I feel like for me, it's scripture study because when I read my scriptures, it awakens my spirit and my spirit is the thing I can tell the difference. I heard a talk once about how you can tell when you're in your spirit and your body. And for me, when I'm in my spirit, that's when I'm like, I can do anything. Like that's Uh when I believe in the impossible. That's when I have no fear and I'm pumped and I'm so excited about things. And when I'm in my body, that's when it's like, you're a fool. You can't do that. The doubt. Why even try, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just seeing those differences um, is really cool. And so that's how I'm like really going to apply that. I love it. So you mentioned it came from a talk. What was the talk about the spiritual body or the body and the spirit? So it actually came from my sister, Cammie, had recorded like this talk that she heard by Matt Townsend. I don't oh, know if you've heard of him, yes. but like it, um, so it's not like a specific thing that she had just sent me this audio recording. I love it. Um, but it really like, and that was a little while ago and it's just changed my perspective of being like, yeah. okay, are you in your body or in your spirit? And like, even with the eating disorder like when I'm like okay I want a whole box of Dunford Donuts and Little Caesars Crazy Bread and this it's like okay is that your spirit talking or is that your body talking because like my spirit just wants you know what fuels me it's not like I don't know I I actually don't know if my spirit even cares about food but like Mm -hmm. but yeah my spirit doesn't want me to give up like, it doesn't. And and that's the other thing that I was thinking about. I love connecting people. I love when I bring different friends together. And I'm like, I want to connect. This sounds so hippie, but I want to connect my spirit and my body. Like, I want them to be like... At one. At one, which sounds so hippie. No. But <laughs> it's like they're constantly fighting against each other. And I just feel like, okay, let's just be friends. And yeah. And one day when they are working together, it's like going to be the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even like, so I I was really, Meredith, thank you for like taking an hour out. <laughs> to oh, do yeah. This because I was just going to share a little bit, but I was like nervous. But even after sharing, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I have gotten excited during this. And you I've have. gotten passionate. I am grateful that I've had this opportunity to record how I'm feeling right now, even though, but this is a very raw, all my emotions, it's in the middle of it, but that's what it is. And I'm really grateful you're sharing this with us and your notable peeps because as I've listened to previous episodes, like I really enjoy listening to the podcast because it's people like me going through life and just doing things like we're going through this together. And I'm grateful that you're sharing it with us so that we can go through it with you, but also learn with you and apply it to our own lives. Like, I mean, you've touched me with what you've talked about, the atonement and a couple of things that, you know, I'm really going to go later and ponder 
and apply to my life or, and there's just been different things. Like this is the purpose of your podcast. You are living your podcast. And so, um, I'm excited to see as it continues and the ups and downs and, you know, maybe we'll get another podcast from you at the end when you're feeling 100% or at 35, when your 35 self is looking back on this podcast and being like, look how far I've come. Um, like, I hope you share that with us because we do like complete pictures. We like to see how it worked out for our peeps. Cause we're all in this together, right? <laughs> Another high school musical. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, I didn't even watch that movie. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, but. Um, no wonder did, everyone really. You are like <laughs> such a natural. You are so great. You tied that in perfectly. You. So you can be a host anytime. I learned from the best. <laughs> Thank you everybody for joining us. This podcast is brought to you by Remnus Audio. If you also want to be accountable or record your journal or preserve your memories, head on over to remnisaudio.com and Steph here will take the hard work out of preserving your memories. Yeah, I will. And you don't have to put them on a podcast like we are to share with everyone every week. (laughs) 